In this life, it pays to zig when everyone else is zagging. Movement saw a stagnant marketplace for watches and accessories and changed it with their unbelievable prices on some pretty classy stuff. You know by now I love my Astro Blue watch. I wear it when I want to look good. When we do live Who Would Win shows again in 2023, I guarantee I will be wearing my Astro Blue watch. And you know what time of year it is. Get something classy for your loved ones and don't break your bank to do it. Be the good gifter with movement. During their seasonal sale, get a special discount just in time for the holidays. Join the movement today at MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Join the movement. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Flying above the countryside on a fine Sunday evening, Tony Stark enjoyed the blissful peace that comes from turning off your comms and flying thousands of feet in the air in your Iron Man suit. Flying the other way, Green Lantern Hal Jordan returns from once again protecting the people of Sector 2814 from untold horrors. Both men see the other coming, but it would appear that they are on a collision course. Obviously, one must give the right of way, but Hal's willpower is too great and Tony's arrogance is equal in measure. With neither hero willing to step aside for the other, what must follow is a battle of the kind nobody would want to miss. It's High Society versus Highball. It's Avenger versus Spectre. It's Iron Man versus Green Lantern in the very first redemption match today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Sicanis. Ray, you said it right away. This is a redemption match. We've got the person who's pretty much responsible for the MCU, Iron Man, making a you know, return to Who Would Win versus someone who uh, I may not have repped that well before, Hal Jordan... Green Lantern coming back. This is a, a matchup of the ages. Now, of course, I did the patented Google test to see if anyone's talked about this before. I actually stopped myself halfway through because I've actually discussed this one online. This is a matchup that's been often talked about, but never really resolved until now. Ray, give us your thoughts on today's battle. I am beyond excited for this battle. Look, I'm a fan of both of these characters. I'm a big fan of Green Lantern. And quite frankly, I agree with you, James. For the first time in history, I agree with you. You did a terrible job repping Green Lantern last time he was on the show. In Here fact, with Green Lantern's 
plural, you are O and two. So when the idea of a redemption match came out there, I said, I got to get one solid here for the Lantern Corps. I've got to set right a universal wrong that has been committed. You know, unlike Ray Sicanus, you know, blaming the judge, saying he never lost, I, I, I got to say, I'm not happy with myself that I didn't rep the Green Lanterns, both John Stewart, my personal favorite Green Lantern, and Hal Jordan properly. I didn't get them the wins. But that's not going to stop me. And today, I'm repping Iron Man. You repped Iron Man not too long ago against Valiant Comics' own XO Manowar. That was a rough and one. you came up short as well. How did that one. happen, Ray? The judge obviously made a huge mistake in that battle. Um, I would say XO Manowar was kind of written to be what if Iron Man had no flaws? So it was a tough uphill battle, but I will not let my off the hook that easily, but I will put the judge on that hook and throw him to the fishes. That tracks. You know, I, I, a weird thought came over me as we were preparing for this matchup. And, you know, I, I'm one of those people who maybe I think some of these characters are real. Maybe I talk to them when no one's watching, whatever it is. But I was wondering, you know, what would these characters say to us once they found out that we um, repped them and got them the loss in that match? Like, for example, Ooh. we, yeah, I know. I, I hate to even think about it, but think about this one. Going back a little bit, I remember <laughs> SpongeBob taking on Bane. Oh, boy. And Bane came up a little short. How do you think that conversation would go between you and Bane? I see what you're doing, James Gavsey. <laughs> you're a little bit salty that a couple weeks ago we did Juggernaut versus Scott Pilgrim and you tried to echo the, the hosts and spirits of all of the previous wacky battles that we've done that you came out the victor of. Although I'll tell you right now, it was not enough. You're trying to get me off my game. As the poker kids would say, you're trying to tilt me by bringing up Bane versus SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm too focused. Much like Hal Jordan, I got too much willpower today. I'm not taking your bait. But Bane would not be happy with me to answer your question. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, well, listen, I, I know what Scott Pilgrim would say. First of all, he's a Canadian. And as a Canadian, there'd be a lot of apologizing on both parts. He'd be apologizing to me for not being powerful enough. And I'd be apologizing to him that you were on that episode. There'd be a lot of saying, I'm sorry, by the way. So listen, you need a judge to come on the show who's actually been a lot of characters to understand how characters think and understands both Marvel and DC. And those types of judges just aren't available all all the time, but for some reason, the gods of who would win, if you will, have <laughs> smiled upon the show, and we have found that very person. So making their very first appearance on the Who Would Win show, I can say everything they've been on, you know, Avengers Assemble, Apex Legends, all these great animated stories, animated shows, video games, everything you love, he's done it and made it fantastic. It's the one, it's the only, it's Roger Craig Smith. Roger, welcome to Who Would Win. Hello, I am scared to death of of ray right now this the man is he's coming out so, so we're children. like yeah i thought this was gonna be like friendly and it's no. it's like we're yeah throwing down ray uh hashtag ray is right uh, apparently is is a thing and yeah anyway I'm, I'm happy to be here but i'm i'm happy to also be remote at this point and safely <laughs> far away yeah. from ray they yeah, won't let that, us do these shows live anymore because too many <laughs> chairs got bashed over people's yeah. heads yeah, goodness. Okay. Yeah, we, we started throwing chairs. Uh, then I threw a couch. And then this poor guy who happened to be walking by, Ray threw him at me. It's, yeah, it's a lot of throwing. It got wild. It got real yeah. wild. Will now, there uh, be a 
who would win cage match because I feel like that's where this is headed. I mean, I'm down if uh, okay. the UFC gives us a call and wants okay. to, you know, Good. shell out the money for that kind of Perfect. extravaganza and Perfect. watch what happens when I take out Ray in 30 seconds. Look, you know, whatever. I'm fine with that. James is an accomplished MMA fighter out there, runs his own training school. I have a huge background in professional wrestling and have taken to the squared circle many, many, many times in my life. If the right promotion shows up with the right check in hand, I guarantee that match can happen. I love this. All right. Cool. All right, Go find so, me. So, Roger, you know, <laughs> yes. you've worked on everything that everyone loves. I mean, this is not a joke. Superman, Red Sun, every video game you can think of, Batman, Arkham. I mean, you're just everywhere. My personal favorite is that the fact that you're Captain America. I can't believe we're talking to Captain America from Ugh. Avengers Assemble. I'm fanboying really hard right now. <laughs> what, what's really cool is that you've done such an array of characters at such a high level. I got to ask, if you could be one of these characters for real for one day, Ooh. I know this is a tricky question, which character would you be? Oh, wow. Uh, yo, Okay. You know, I gotta, it's like, look, you mentioned Canadian, I'm an American, I would go Cap. I would have to go Captain America, it's just, and of all the, of all the characters that are out there, he's kind of just the, the most accessible, likable, easy to like guy. I would say Batman, but, you know, then there's the whole parental aspect, and, you know, that's kind of a bummer, and there's yeah. a lot of vigilanteism, that kind of things. I don't know, I would go Cap, I think I, I he's just the, ever the Boy Scout, you know? I, I you know, it. yeah. I, again, it kind of makes sense. Ray and I were talking, of course. Ray is also fanboying. Ray, I'm just going to talk to you behalf for a second. And, you know, Ray brought up this really interesting point is that we've actually repped five of your characters before on the show. Can I talk about this briefly, Roger? Because we've repped <laughs> five different characters. Here's the deal. Five characters that you have full voiced as far as being like the main voice of we have done on the show. Those five characters are Captain America, Batman, Sonic the Hedgehog, Ezio Auditore, and Mirage from Apex Legends. Also, shout out, Summer of Apex Legends. Here we are, everybody. We're still doing it. But (laughs) on top of it, because I did the deep dive on the IMDb, there are five more characters that you at least have played (laughs) once that we have also done on the show, and that is Daredevil, Kylo Ren, He-Man, Venom, and Santa Claus. That is correct. So a total of 10. So basically, if you just, you know, threw it up uh, any random battle, there's about a a 10% chance that Roger Craig Smith has done the voice. I don't do math, (laughs) but I think it's about 10% that you've done a voice uh, in that battle. I'll take it. That's, that's crazy. And it's, and it never, it's, it's always so bizarre for me to, to hear people I mean, honestly, what I do is a job and it's a gig and I'm, I'm fixated on trying to execute properly for my clients and that kind of thing. And, and all of a sudden you forget that it's like, oh, that's right. We get to do this really <laughs> fun, incredible thing that is a part of these massive, you know, universes and franchises. And yeah, so when I hear somebody repeat back, it's yeah, I, it's it's I am I am deeply humbled and, and honored uh, to, to have, have voiced so many of those different characters, and it's just, yeah, it's kind of, it's a very surreal sort of thing to experience being on the uh, receiving end of, <laughs> of somebody saying, oh, by the way, you did this, 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 this. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, and I just thought of something to, as, as a callback. The, the reason why I would also pick Cap is because unlike Scott Pilgrim, Cap would never have to say he was sorry. Mm. <laughs> no? What's up? Little that's Canadian. so true. That's so I true. I've, I've told all my Canadian brethren that uh, you got to stop apologizing. I've yeah. turned fully American, by the way. Yeah, exactly. I'll, I'm not going to apologize for anything ever again. Yeah. 
just because yeah, they say like- so much. So listen, we've got Roger Craig Smith. This is insane. Again, I'm fanboying like crazy right here. We've got Race to Canis. You've got me. We've got an insane redemption battle like we've Ooh. never done before, literally. This is the makings of a legendary Who Would Win match. So with all of that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Presenting Marvel Comics, the hero who works great on a team with anyone because he's always been stronger as an alloy, Iron Man. And representing DC Comics, the hero who can dominate all enemies except somehow the yellow-bellied ones, Green Lantern. I'm going to use air quotes. Well done, Ray. Now, before mm, we go any further... It. <laughs> let's let's go over the official rules of a who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Right, there's a whole bunch of different versions of Green Lantern. Hal Jordan specifically, which version are you using? Well, definitely not uh, using the one you repped last time to failure. Instead, I'll be choosing the <laughs> DC Comics version of Green Lantern. I'm not going to dip into the Parallax stuff because I consider that a different character. So we're going to kind of go real Hal Jordan. We're gonna, we got a lot to pull from here, and I'm excited because this gets crazy. That's interesting. That's actually a really good call. I, I was going back and forth, all joking aside, between the Robert Downey Jr. version, the MCU version of Iron Man, and the comic book version. And the reality is, I think the comic book version has a few different advantages and clear paths to victory for this matchup. So I'm sticking with the uh, Marvel 616 version of uh, Iron Man. Surprise, surprise. And uh, let's go back to rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whomever the judge decides is the best case between their point by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new merch all the time. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, 
innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with Every Plate, America's best value meal kit. The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family, Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook. And thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with every plate for just $179 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why every plate is America's best value meal kit. This episode of Who Would Win is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Look, we've all been there, and a good therapist, counselor, or psychiatrist can literally be life-changing. And it's never been easier to find one now with BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating with one in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally accessible in many areas. But the good news is that this service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room like you would with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit BetterHelp.com slash www. That's Better H E L P and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. BetterHelp is offering Who Would Win listeners and fans 10% off their first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www. Again, that's 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash www. And now, Let's get to the tail of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Hal Jordan. Green Lantern Hal Jordan is a superhero and founding member of the Justice League of America. He was created by John Broom and Gil Kane and first appeared in Showcase number 22 back in 1959. Although the first appearance of the Green Lantern character was actually Alan Scott in All-American Comics number 16 in 1940. Hal Jordan is the protector of Sector 2814, which happens to be the area where Earth happens to be. 
Donning the power ring of the Lantern Corps, Hal uses his willpower to create all manner of constructs to aid him in his fights. From shields to blasts to lots and lots of punchy arms, Hal creates what he needs to win his fights against whomever he finds himself opposed to. Fun fact, there have been many characters to claim the title of Green Lantern, but perhaps you gotta go with it, none so loony as Daffy Duck. Yes, in the animated TV show Duck Dodgers, Daffy Duck, on accident, gains the power of the Green Lantern ring and wears the costume as well. And for the record, if you haven't heard Daffy Duck attempt the Green Lantern oath, you are cheating only yourself. And that is Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern. I mean, that's classic television right there. Yeah. Yeah, it may have even been brought up last time the character was, but it's such a great point. How do you not bring it up again? That's right. I mean, you may as well end the end the end the debate right there. Yeah, I, I didn't just want to say anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't want, I that's didn't want the version to of Green Lantern I should have chosen. Now that <laughs> I think about possibly. it, possibly. I think I screwed up. You may <laughs> you may have uh, not thought this through. All right, now here are the details for Iron Man. Iron Man, otherwise known as Tony Stark, was created by Stanley and Jack Kirby, and first appeared in Tales of Suspense number thirty nine back in March of nineteen sixty three. Tony Stark is the son of wealthy industrialist and head of Stark Industries, Howard Stark. A boy genius, Tony enters MIT at the age of 15 to study engineering and later receives master's degrees in engineering and physics. After his parents are killed in a car accident, he inherits his father's company and becomes a wealthy American business magnate, playboy, philanthropist, inventor, and ingenious scientist. After suffering a severe chest injury during a kidnapping, his captors attempt to force him to build a weapon of mass destruction. He instead creates a mechanized suit of armor to save his life and escape captivity. Later, Stark develops his suit, adding weapons and other technological devices he designed through his company, Stark Industries, to protect the world as Iron Man. And here's an interesting fact about Iron Man. Did you know that Stanley created Iron Man as a personal challenge, really a dare to himself? It's true. Stanley claimed he created Iron Man as a way to challenge himself and see if he could get readers to like someone they would normally hate. At the time, which remember was in the 1960s, the majority of his readers would have been anti-war and definitely anti-military, so he should have been clearly against Tony Stark and Iron Man. Instead, Iron Man went on to become one of Marvel's most popular characters, and the rest is history. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Roger, do you have any questions before we get started? Did Warner Brothers, I guess, Looney Tunes, any Tony Stark version, any Iron Man, like, you know, Sylvester the Cat, anything? Because I, I, again, I mean, that's, I don't want to weigh in too early or or tell you where I'm already leaning, but I mean, I mean, Bugs Bunny as Iron Man, nothing? You got nothing, James? Yeah, well, here's the thing. Warner Brothers is, you know, with DC, and yeah. very rarely do they do any mention of a crossover. True. The only time I've actually ever seen a crossover for a Marvel mention is, I think it was in Teen Titans, the movie, Stan. where Stan Lee makes a cameo, yeah. and then he like he, he leaves when he finds out it's not a Marvel movie. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. that's unfortunately, okay, then we're, you're not going to have fine. too much we're of that fair. crossover, but yep. don't worry. I got some stuff for you. Okay, cool. We're fair. Okay, that's a fair point. Well done. Thank you. Well, okay. Sorry. Forget I even mentioned it. I mean, no, don't. I don't want it to get in your head. Nothing like that, you know. Well, it's too late, Roger Craig Smith, because all I'm hearing is Captain America saying, James, you've got this. James, you've got this. <laughs> I can leave right now. Literally, I've, I'm go. good. No matter what happens. That was Impossible is what we do. Oh, wow. I feel like fighting crime. All right, Ray, <laughs> go ahead and hit us with your point number one. 
Point number one for the Green Lantern. I want to talk a little bit about some of the basic utility that the Green Lantern ring will provide because there are just so many non-combat things that can help him get situationally what he wants. Now, some of the various things that he's been able to do with the power ring because essentially it's a ring powered by his willpower. It's a ring powered only by his imagination. That's the only limits that he has. And he is known as a very, very competent and good architect of this kind of stuff. So what has he done? Well, he's used it to create super speed. He's used it to propel himself very, very fast. He's been able to catch up to multiple jets and spacecraft as they, as they have tried to leave the planet. Now, if you can catch up to a jet going as fast as it could possibly go, I think you have a reasonable chance of maintaining speed with a character like Iron Man, who's going to be flying through the air using similar propulsion technology, although I understand Tony Stark is, is pretty good at making tech i've heard a rumor additionally though he's also used the ring to uh, completely encompass the spacecraft the jets what have you even as they're going full speed and bring them back down to earth so what's stopping him from hitting tony stark iron man with the ring encapsulating him and just pulling him back down to earth where he can do whatever he wants to him the answer is not a whole heck of a lot he's also been able to use it to restrain people he's been able to restrain some very very powerful characters he restrained lobo with a set of chains for a set period of time and was able to at least slow him down lobo finally broke free of it eventually and superman he was able to restrain for a certain period of time using a giant green clamp that he just wrapped around his body and said hey before you go and Superman is Superman, so obviously he wasn't going to hold on to him forever. But the fact that he can slow these people down means a character like Iron Man, he should have no problem slowing down in this fight. But he's also created replicas. He's created replica, an entire replica of Coast City, which is, I believe, about 20 miles across. And he even destroyed a place called Engine City and then recreated Coast City on top of that. Although he realized once the ring ran out of power... Uh, eventually, because he's got to recharge it every so often, that the city he could the city wasn't going to last forever, basically, and he had to kind of abandon that plan. But he could also use it to protect himself against a character named Mongol, who's ridiculously powerful. He created himself a whole suit of armor and a giant sledgehammer. He looked a little bit like Steel, if you remember that Superman Shaquille O'Neal character. What a delight that movie is, start and finish. <laughs> awesome. He created kind of a similar looking thing and was able to slap Mongol around really good. I've seen him create kind of an anime style mecha suit whenever he wanted to. A couple other things I've seen him do, create very, very complex constructs, things like electron microscopes, which is, so it's not, we're not just talking about things that hit you real hard. We're talking about devices that do very specific things. He could also use his ring to scan an enemy for weak points and see where he needs to hit them and how he needs to hit them. So I agree. The Iron Man suit is a very fabulous piece of technology, but it's just no match for the Green Lantern ring. <laughs> scanning it for a weakness and then dropping it exactly what it's got to be. Heck, the last thing I'll leave you with here, and maybe the weirdest thing I've seen him do out of a lot of weird stuff, he once sent a construct through a telephone call to essentially take a cigar out of somebody's mouth and then stamp it down on the desk to put it out. And he did that over the phone. So there's really no limits to the wild craziness. Again, he's only limited by his imagination, and his imagination is vast. And that's my point number one. All right. Okay. Some interesting things you're bringing up. First of all, I think you should be awarded 10 points for bringing up the steel version You know that Sha Shaquille O'Neal did. I feel like that is a classic mm -hmm. and has been forgotten 
by many of us. Kudos to you, as you Americans say. Also, I, I love that that uh, cigar stomping thing. I believe that was done over a phone line, yes. so over an actual landline, which was yes. really cool. I, I don't believe a landline will be involved in this battle. I'm pretty sure it's going to be wireless, at least 100% wireless. Well, I okay. believe Green Lantern keeps up with the times, and so I assume he can now transmit constructs wirelessly through the uh, the, the, the the T-Mobile network. Does, he has good data. He's got a good data plan. I, he has to. Yeah. Is that on Verizon? Me? I mean, those don't send themselves. Okay, that's really cool. So he's got willpower and imagination that powers rings. And those you're saying those are the only two limits to his ring. Is that correct? Basically, yeah. He previously had had a, a version to the color yellow, but through the storylines of Green Lantern. Sorry, James. He's officially broken out of it. Uh, the color yellow does still do stuff in this world, but he could absolutely affect the color yellow. So it, it stinks that that gosh darn yellowish gold costume of Iron Man can, in fact, be affected. I know. I just wish maybe there were some other, I don't know, limitations or such things Boy, that he has. I hope I can isn't. find those. It's a shame there isn't, James. I'm so sorry. I know. Sorry. It's a shame. Last thing. You know, it's funny. Tony Stark's armor can actually absorb energy. And I'm going to get more into this later. So I think being held by Green Lantern is actually a bad call because uh, Iron Man will just literally absorb that that power, that energy, the, the construct energy. Uh, so not a good call. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, 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 I will show how it works later. Now, with all that being said, and that was actually not a bad point, number one, Ray. Here's my point, number one. Let's talk about Iron Man's tech. Now, of course, he has what's called cutting edge, bleeding edge tech because he's a futurist. He has to predict what's going to happen, and most of the time, he's right. He has to create tech, weaponry, armor, whatever it is, to plan for what's about to happen in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. This is who he is. He's that far ahead. So let's start with his armor. It's super durable. How durable? Well, during one nuclear explosion that he found himself in, he actually didn't even notice he was in a nuclear explosion. That's how powerful the armor is. It completely protected him. Uh, it's also super strong, as in it can lift 100 tons. That puts him in the Hulk class of strength 100 tons not too bad it can also move at super speed when flying it in space at least it can go as fast as warp speed and also he's been clocked at over Mach 10 within the Earth's atmosphere but he can move faster if he has to his suit also gives Tony Stark like super fast reflexes and this is actually really key because the reflexes helped him to outmaneuver Spider-Man Spider-Man who's super agile has got the super fast reflexes and spidey sense, Iron Man can actually outmaneuver him. Uh, again, it, I've already mentioned this, but it can absorb and convert almost any type of energy you can think of. Kinetic energy, heat energy. He can take energy from the planet Earth, power himself up. He's used magical energy to power himself up. He's used Thor's energy, anything you can think of, he's done it. More again on that later. Let's see, the suit can also generate a magnetic field to pull or push metal objects at will. He put that in there because he knew sooner or later he was going to have a big fight with Magneto. Sure enough, it happened, and more on that later as well, but he came out all right. It's got sensors. You talked about Green Lantern's ring that can do this incredible kind of checking of what they're facing. Well, Iron Man's got all of that plus more. The sensors detect you know, your physiological signs, biological signs, energy signatures, everything you have going, as well as kind of your, your thought process, neurons kind of processing, he's going to be able to figure out that Hal Jordan is using some type of telepathic connection or psionic connection to that ring. He's going to figure that out very quickly. Also, it can detect astral projections, any type of, of, of energy signature that he can detect. He's got an energy shield because, you know, if you have armor that can protect you from a nuclear blast, why not have an energy shield? This is almost comical. So at one point, he tried his energy shield. He said, let's just pump it up to 2%, see how 
that does against a nuclear explosion. And of course, nothing happened. That was his shield at 2%. In terms of weapons, he's got, you know, his repulsor blast. That can be fired as a pure force of destructive, uh, you know, force, uh, you know, to push something away, or it can be a beam, a particle beam, you know, of energy. It can range between vaporizing a gun to blowing apart a mountain range from a very far distance away. He's got lasers, pulse bolts, smart missiles, energy blades that he can use like a sword or even turn into like a shield. This is important because he gave Captain America a laser shield that he used that he could actually launch off his arm, what have you. He's got that as well. Uh, he's got that Omni Beam, which is actually a multi-purpose weapon. That can be shot as a big beam of force. It can get so hot that it's two and a half times hotter than the surface of the sun. It can be super bright. It's blinded people. And here's my favorite one. It can be shot as an ultrasonic wave. Uh, again, more on that later, but that can really take out some super powerful opponents. He's got that AI. Some people call it Jarvis. Some, you know, He's got himself more advanced. And this AI is the most powerful AI on the planet Earth. Tony Stark uses that as a sidekick because that's how smart he is. But there's more. If needed, his armor systems, including strength and flight, speed, durability, all of that can get greatly amplified. All he has to do is say the word override. And all of a sudden, the system takes away all of the safety protocols and lets him go to a crazy level. That's five, six, ten times more than where he's at. As an example of this, he picked up a lot of nuclear stuff happening here. He picked up a nuclear fusion reactor that weighed evidently 16,000 tons, picked it up flew it over somewhere deep in the ocean and dumped it in the ocean where it exploded. I hope Namor was okay with that. You know, he's got that way to amplify his power. So the bottom line is that Iron Man's tech has been developed and tested such a degree that to even someone like Hal Jordan, who's used to alien tech and alien civilizations, Iron Man's armor is going to look really, really futuristic and super high tech. That's my point number one. Okay, you're saying a lot of good stuff right there, James. Look, you, we all know that Tony Stark has a really powerful suit. I think that is sort of an understood thing about Tony Stark. You talk about energy absorption. Well, funny thing, the Green Lantern ring also can absorb any type of energy that you throw at it. So when you have two characters who can both absorb energy, either they can absorb each other's energy or nobody's absorbing any energy at all, and we're essentially mano a mano back in this fight again. So the idea that Iron Man's going to absorb the energy seems very, very unlikely from the Green Lantern ring because the Green Lantern thing is going to be doing the exact same thing right back to his own suit. Again, I just wish there was an example of you know DC, like some type of crossover maybe, if you will, that shows well, how Green Lanterns and Marvel kind of, I don't know, maybe there is. Who knows, Thankfully, right? that's, James, that's we all know point. in the who would win rules, crossovers yeah. are getting given considerably less weight when they're brought onto the table. So thankfully, if there is a crossover, which I highly doubt, if there is one, we don't even <laughs> need to worry about it. Okay, God, I see where you're coming here. All right, Roger Craig Smith, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at so far with this battle? Daffy Duck. Yeah. I mean, just just Daffy Duck. No. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. So I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I, I literally was going, okay, yeah, that all that tech, all the absorption element. I mean, excellent points from both you guys. Very, very strong outing. I liked that you, you talked a lot about the, uh, you, you brought up the jet speed of Hal Jordan in the, in the beginning. And I thought, well, there, there we go. And then, of course, Mach 10 with Tony. And I'm like, you know, that's a lot faster than your average jet, you know, in the Earth's atmosphere. So that kind of, I don't know that he would keep up. However, I was, I was sitting there thinking, okay, it's going to be this power absorption aspect. That's going to be, and then, of course, you know, Ray, you come in at the end and remind me of the fact that Hal's ring could do the exact same thing. And I thought right off the bat, I'm like, okay, well, that, that's where uh, Tony's got it. So honestly, I'm, you know, I, I am, I, uh, it's it, right, right at the end there. It just got right 50, 50. I'm, st- I'm still, I'm still not convinced. I, I thought, I thought Iron Man had it and I, I just don't, uh, I don't know anymore. It's, it's, it's literally gone right back to it's tied. 
Zero, zero. Roger, you seem worried right now. It's almost like you feel like you're betraying Iron Man, who you've worked with on many occasions in, uh, you know, Avengers Assemble, just my Mm. favorite cartoon of all time. But, you know, this is fair. This is typically where Ray and I kind of find ourselves at the end of point number one, where we're kind of trading blow for blow. You know, in a fight, we'd be like staying in the middle of the ring, just hitting each other as hard as we can. So... Point number two, point number three, this is where we start to differentiate. So, Ray, with that said, hit us with your point number two. Obviously, James, when we do this, our entire point number one typically is to set up what we're going to do in points two and three. So if any person has a strong advantage after point number one, something went weird because I know how you work at this point. I know how I work, and that's why I'm going to win this fight. Now, let's talk a little bit about... Point number two, and that's Green Lantern using the ring in combat. Because for the most part, I've only talked about the utility of the ring. I haven't even got into the fact of what he's going to do against Iron Man. Hey, Mach 10, that is pretty gosh darn fast. Wow. If only there was an example of Green Lantern flying from the surface of the earth to the surface of the moon while he completes a single sentence. Oh, wait, that's a thing he's done before. I don't know how fast Mach 10 is when it comes from going to the Earth to the moon, but I have to believe it takes a little bit longer than six or seven seconds to finish a sentence to get to the moon. Now, in combat, Superman, Superman, this is who we're comparing him to. Iron Man fights some very, very strong characters, the Hulk and what have you. Green Lantern can hang with characters like Superman. And I think that's ultimately what's going to distinguish these two characters apart. Green Lantern just fights a higher class of character he hangs with than Iron Man does at the end of the day. Well, Superman said that one Green Lantern ring is enough to devastate an entire planet devastate an entire planet as if as in there's nothing they can do about it if iron man suddenly went rogue as they were i think the rest of the earth could probably take care of him they could probably bring him down when green lantern ended up going rogue in this parallax instance for example green lantern ended up becoming a multiversal threat i think that's just an important thing to say Now, how does he use this? Because he's very, very creative when he uses this ring in combat. He's used it to create a whole bunch of punchy arms against Superman. Superman, and he was able to knock Superman around using beefy Trogdor-like arms in slapping around the Superman-type character. He's also used it as an energy blast. That's a pretty big deal. He's blasted a character named Superboy Prime, who everybody knows is one of the most powerful DC characters going. And he was able to hurt Superboy Prime using this sort of blasting power. I don't know that Tony Stark could accomplish equally the same thing. Heck, there's a great character who's an amalgam of Tony Stark in the DC universe. His name is Lex Luthor, and he's the same. He's not maybe not a philanthropist, but he's very much a guy with a very, very powerful suit who uses it to fly around and hit superheroes. And what happened? Green Lantern created a construct of a big old arm, and he grabbed on one side while another Green Lantern grabbed the other side, and he smushed and crashed, and he was able to damage the Lex Luthor their arms on the suit because he had kryptonite in there and Superman wanted to talk to him. Well, if you could absolutely do that to the Lex Luthor suit, what is stopping you from doing that to the Tony Stark suit? The answer, nothing. And defensively, he has force fields. He's been able to absorb lots of energy blasts. He's been able to tank nuclear weapons much the same way James claims that Tony Stark has done. He's also tanked hits from Superman. I'm going to keep going back to the Superman well, because at the end of the day, Superman is where it's at. He's the number one hero as far as I'm concerned. And when you can stand toe-to-toe and tank full-on hits from Superman, you're doing pretty gosh darn good. I don't know what Iron Man can do that Superman can't. 
In fact, even when facing higher level characters, there's a character named Lord Malvolio who absolutely knocked Hal Jordan through the entirety of a planet. From one side of the planet through the entire planet, he hit him so hard that he came out the other side and all Green Lantern got stunned with was, did I just go through a planet? He was just, he was intellectualizing it, not thinking about pain. Why? Because he's crazy powerful. In fact, one of his constant combat maneuvers, he does this to a lot of characters. He either cuts off their hands, he's done it a lot, or he punches them so hard, it knocks their jaw clean off. So if Green Lantern can get a hit in on Tony Stark, I'm going to tell you right now, a piece of that suit in the jaw area is going flying, or an arm is disappearing from Tony Stark's body. Last thing I want to talk about and where this is very important is Green Lantern can do more things than Iron Man can do. There's a character named Martian Manhunter and a character named Vision who have intangibility. Green Lantern has proven he has intangibility. So if somebody can go completely, you know, empty as the air, how can you hurt them when all they have to do is go inside of you, tense up a little bit and knock you unconscious inside your own defensive suit? That's too much for Tony to deal with. And that's my point number two. So it's interesting that you brought up Vision because it's a known fact that Tony Stark actually has his suits built up in such a way to avoid, you know, the powers of uh, especially it's almost like how Batman has backup plans for all the Justice League. Iron Man, to a lesser extent, has abilities to thwart the powers of, of the other Avengers in case they ever go rogue. He's got something for She-Hulk, Hulk, and what have you. And he's got something that counters Vision's ability to go through his suit. He actually has that and proved that it worked against Kitty Pride from the X-Men, who's known for phasing through objects. Oh, but- uh, Kitty Pride, who's defeated Iron Man exactly that way before in the comics. See, here's the thing. You know, Iron Man's hmm. been defeated, but every time he gets defeated, what does he do? He upgrades. He upgrades, he upgrades. Now, that's something I'll show later that Hal Jordan doesn't quite do. So a few things. First of all, Tony Stark has been saying, has actually been clocked to be able to go orbital in five seconds. So he's also fairly fast. You mentioned Parallax. It's interesting. You said you weren't going to bring up Parallax, yet you brought up Parallax. I'm not talking about the character of Parallax. I'm just merely pointing out that he exists. Oh, that's interesting. Now, how did Parallax, Parallax get so powerful? I can tell you, he killed off all the Green Lanterns one by one by one. He did that because none of them thought that Hal Jordan would lose his mind and be so mentally unstable to come up and get them. And, of course, he did that one by one and started collecting all of the Green Lantern rings for himself. And, by the way, that's how he got that powerful. More on that later as well. Okay. Now, by the way, how did Green Lantern do against one of Superman's main enemies, General Zod from Krypton? Why don't you tell us, James? I will. Thanks, Ray. Here's the deal. (laughs) Superman holds back a lot, especially when he comes to fighting. He doesn't want to kill anybody. He can fight really, really well. He'd rather knock someone out or incapacitate them. Well, General Zod, who's a very big of a much of a uh, badass, if you will, doesn't have those same restrictions and absolutely wrecked Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, in a fairly recent comic book. So the reason why is because he just didn't hold back. He went full blast at him, and Hal Jordan, unfortunately, I wish he won, unfortunately, he didn't. So just putting that all out there. So other than that, you've got some really great points. Lex Luthor, not really known for his battle armor, but he does have great battle armor, so I will say there's something there. But let me get to my point number two, and all of this is going to be illustrated. So here's the thing. Iron Man actually does have a superpower. It's his intelligence. And thanks to that intelligence that he kind of puts into his armor and his inventiveness and what have you, he's got some insanely big wins. Okay, so in case you didn't know... 
Tony Stark is insanely smart. How smart is he when his AI, that is possibly the best artificial intelligence in the complete Marvel Universe, kind of helps him. He's really more of a helpful sidekick to Tony Stark than anything else, than even a tool. He's typically ranked first or second uh, smartest person on the planet in Marvel Comics. He's so smart that this is against, uh, according to the Marvel Wiki, he can perfectly operate three portions of his consciousness at the same time, be able to move, fight, talk, and process information all at the same time. Reed Richards, this is a really cool quote, has said that Tony Stark is the world's best multitasker. Now, speaking of Reed Richards, uh, Tony Stark simultaneously played Reed Richards in chess on five different boards, kind of went in and beat Reed Richards handedly. Again, Reed Richards is the first or second smartest person on Earth. By the way, chess is something that uh, Tony Stark just kind of picked up recently. He's not a lifelong chess player. He just picked it up, learned the rules, and could apply that intelligence. His IQ is 270. In a Marvel and DC crossover, i got to bring this up because you know, Roger, I'm a huge Batman fanatic. I really, really am. And in this Marvel-DC crossover, I think it was around 2004, and the Justice League and the Avengers, they set their difference aside. They're working together. And Batman's trying to fix up this ship. And he's like, I think it's going to take about four days to do this. And then Tony Stark comes. And he's like, no, I got this. And he fixes it in three hours. Batman's like, yep. what just happened? That yep. was Batman who said that about Tony Stark. That's how smart he is. Yeah. Uh, he's a master engineer. He can fix virtually anything. He can understand, integrate, and then improve upon alien technology. He's done that with the Kree technology, the Kree who are often battling the Skrulls. He reverse engineered this character named the Mandarin who's got like these 10 power rings. He reverse engineered these power rings, each one had a different power, and then put them all together into one ring because he felt that was more efficient. That's his experience with power rings. He's a master tactician. He's trained fighting martial arts under Captain America, Black Widow, Black Panther. By the way, his EQ is also insanely, insanely high. He's able to get in someone's head, figure out what they're thinking, figure out how they're going to finish their sentences, and then predict very often with a high accuracy rate of what they're about to do so he can kind of plan ahead and figure out what to do uh, in a battle with them. Uh, let's see. Now, his intelligence and his tech have obviously given some big wins, just like uh, Hal Jordan's got some big wins. For Iron Man, he's beaten the Hulk. He's beaten this character I really like named Sentry. Now, picture Superman with no moral compass, nowhere, nowhere near that same way. He took Ares, the god Ares, ripped them in half, literally. He's got all the powers and capabilities of Superman, plus... He can manipulate matter at the molecular level. Say that three times fast. That's who Iron Man has beaten. Let's see. He knocked out the She-Hulk, who is now the savage She-Hulk. She's way bigger and stronger. And she knocked him out with one punch. Uh, let's see. He's used his intelligence. He's beaten Doctor Doom on Doctor Doom's home turf of Latveria. He's beaten Ultron. He's beaten the Mandarin. And let's see. My favorite one, two favorite ones, he used his Omnibeam with the ultrasound or whatever it was to send sound waves that beat the Juggernaut. How that word knocked his helmet off. And all of a sudden, he's vulnerable. He beat him with sound waves. Really cool. And he even beat Magneto when Magneto was amped up, and I'm quoting this, with the power and magnetic fields of several planets. That's really kind of crazy. But there's one character that Iron Man's beaten that's really going to play into this battle. So, uh, Ray, are you familiar with a character named Dr. Spectrum? I am actually familiar with Dr. Spectrum. I've just been rereading the Supreme Power comic books, which take place in an alternate reality. So this will be interesting how you think this matters. Right. Well, the Squadron <laughs> Sinister took place, I believe, in an alternate reality. But there was the Squadron Supreme that mm -hmm. did live within Marvel 616. And, uh, you know, again, for those listening, that's Marvel's answer to the Justice League, Hyperion for Superman, Power Princess for Wonder Woman, and Dr. Spectrum for Green Lantern. And in one really interesting battle, Iron Man took out Dr. Spectrum the Green Lantern of Squadron Supreme in a very quick manner. Look, put all of his intelligence, his EQ, and all this together and what he can do with it. He's got massive wins, not against massively powerful characters, but also against people exactly like Green Lantern. That's my point number two. 
Okay, now I've got a lot of things I need to say about this because you're, 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 you're getting a little into nonsense territory, James, that I don't much care for it. Doc Spectrum and the entire Squadron Supreme highly recommend the J. Michael Straczynski reboot of the Supreme Power comics as I've been reading them myself. But the entire purpose of this crew was to take a run at the Justice League when Marvel and DC didn't like each other. So they created their version of the Justice League to have all the Marvel heroes beat the living crap out of them. So let's just let, take that... Take that point completely aside. In fact, that particular universe in a recent, gosh, who, what issue was it? In a fairly recent comic book, they erased that entire reality from Marvel Comics by like a whisper. It like happened off screen. So let's not even pretend like any of that really matters anymore. Because you know why they did that? Because they didn't need to anymore because Marvel's beating DC in the movie world so handily. They don't feel threatened anymore. But let's break down a few of the things because you brought up some great wins for Tony Stark. But let's talk about some of the losses that Tony Stark has also had. Characters that Tony Stark's lost to. He's lost to the Hulk, sure. He's lost to Thor, sure. He's lost to Cable, why not? But he's also lost to Psylocke. He lost to the Olivia Munn character, James. That's not a very, very good look, is it? He lost to Cyclops. Cyclops, not as powerful as Green Lantern. Yes, that beam is good. I would argue the Green Lantern energy blast might be even more powerful. Lost to him. But let's see. He lost to Spider-Man. Lost to Black Panther, another technological character. Wow. He lost to Bucky the Winter Soldier. He lost to Black Widow. Black Widow doesn't have superpowers. She beat Iron Man, but he can fly to the moon. How did she do that? Well... He also lost to, and maybe my favorite of all, Pepper Potts. He lost a fight to Pepper Darn Potts. This is not a good look. As many wins as Tony Stark has had, and he's had several, he's had some really, really bad losses. In fact, Tony Stark, if I remember the Civil War storyline correctly, fought a guy named Captain America who can't even fly and got his butt handed to him. Absolute domination from good old Cap. U.S. of A, honor America, stars and stripes forever, boo Canada, yay America, down with Tony Stark in this battle. So a couple of things, the incursion event where all the other Marvel, Marvel multiverse universes existed got wiped out like the Ultimates, that's what happened so they could reset it where it everything kind of yeah. came back, right? So and it everything happened got off wiped screen, out. they mentioned it by name that it was gone. Got it. So all those characters, Hyperion, by the way, still around. All those characters still around because they all got brought back after Secret Wars. That's how much of a nerd I am. I knew all this kind of stuff. All of these characters, first of all, against my wife, I have losses. I'm 6'3", 260 pounds. I have many losses. Why? Because I'm not going to win that one. Don't want to. It's all good. But more importantly, all of these losses have really helped Iron Man do what? He remembers a loss, he grows from the loss, and he gets better. And he puts stuff in place for that. I wonder if Hal Jordan does the same thing. We'll find out shortly. Okay, so with all that being said, we're now at the turning point. Roger Craig Smith, this is where you have to tell us which character's ahead and what does the other side have to do to pull out the win. Okay. First of all, you guys are incredible at this because I'm I'm like sitting here. I can't write fast enough because I'm I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on what you guys are already saying in the next like three seconds. So kudos to both of you. And, and really, what I'm finding very interesting about this is is how effective the little sparring that happens at the very end of your little point making. That's where 
it, things kind of are starting to kind of take a little bit of a, I see where the shaping starts to happen here. Honestly, right from the get-go, Ray, when you brought up intangibility and I heard how that functions and what that does and yeah, the, the, uh, how that, the implications of what that could do on the interior of Tony's suit, I was like, oh boy, that's, that's kind of tough. And yet what I really like about James, what you're doing there in terms of bringing up how he improves after his failures, he's always learning. It's the intelligence factor, all that. It was just a little bit of like, like, uh, mm, okay, that's, 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 you know, toe to toe. We're still, we're still even. And then you brought up the losses, Ray, you brought up the losses and that was an effective list. And I mean, there was a mic drop moment at the pepper pots. We've even got alliteration, which is, you know, comedically, you know, kudos. And then, you know, the pro USA, I don't know that we should have gone anti-Canada. That felt a little like a low blow. We're not... You know I was I mean? hard to get in the United I'll, States. That's, yeah. I'll be honest, wow. James James pulls all the bad emotion out of me. So okay. that's all I could say. I lost I, my mind in a moment. I'm married to a Canadian. Okay. I understand and love Canada. Okay. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if that's an effective argument at this point. But then, uh, you know, I, and then I got to hand it to James. You had an effective reminder of how, you know, look, you lose a lot. You, you lose a, a, a you lose a war to your wife every now and then, that kind of thing. It's like, this is this is that 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 human nature. If we're at a tipping point, I've got to say where it where it started to kind of lose ground for me was the 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 use of higher class of characters. I felt like the examples of the higher class of characters, like the Superman and the the, the Zod and all that stuff, it, it wasn't it wasn't landing for me. So unfortunately, I think if we're at a turning point, I, I do think Ray, we we mm. got to we got to get some more. I don't know. We we I've, I'm I'm just I'm leaning a little more towards Iron Man right now. That's that's where I'm at right now at this turning point. You know, I, I got to say, I've been at this particular point where I've been told, "Hey, your character's slightly ahead," and then Ray comes in. With, yeah. I hate to admit it, a brilliant point number three. I had to work extra hard for my point number three, trying to anticipate what Ray's doing, almost mm. being like an Iron Man and a futurist. I, I, I'm not sure I've got I Actually, I think I've got it. But let's see. Ray, hit us what I'm pretty convinced is going to be a brilliant point number three. Point number three. And let me just say, I am shocked that I would even be slightly behind right now. These <laughs> points have been brilliant. Point number three for Green Lantern is he's just got too much power for Tony Stark to deal with. Look, Green Lantern is a character who once accidentally destroyed a planet when he wasn't trying to. This is just not something that Tony Stark can match up with at the end of the day. Green Lantern has a shot go wrong and planets go away. Tony Stark, you know, he can blow out the top of a mountain. And he's a, he, look, I love Tony Stark. He's very, very powerful. But there's never been a Tony Stark moment when he said, beam, beam, boop, boop, pew, pew. Oh, crap, planet's gone. No, he can't do that. Green Lantern has one shot at a character named Amazo. And Amazo, we've done on the show previously, he has all the powers of all the Justice Leaguers combined inside of him. So he's got the Wonder Woman. He's got the Superman. You know, he's got all of these characters, Martian Manhunter, inside of him. And Green Lantern's been able to one-shot him. Heck, he hit a character named Cyborg Superman, one of the more powerful Supermen as far as I'm concerned. He hit him with a blast that was as hot as the sun, equally matching something that James made up a little bit ago that probably isn't true. But Green Lantern's actually done it. There's another character, you know, the Yellow Lantern Sinestro, the fallen Green Lantern. We will see him, I'm sure, in the DC Universe uh, at some point again, not in a Ryan Reynolds movie. But Hal and Sinestro punched at each other so hard that Sinestro's ring absolutely shattered. 
And this is like a Green Lantern style ring, right? It shattered and it started warping and smashing reality around them. That's a, that's ridiculous. What happens when Green Lantern and Iron Man are rushing at each other and Green Lantern ends up hitting Tony Stark? If this is what happens when he hits Sinestro, he hits Tony Stark and reality starts getting destroyed around him because he's too overwhelming of a force to deal with. Heck, there's a moment that James likes to bring up every third episode where Superman needed to move the Earth to change the orbit. And who did he call on? Green Lantern, who created a construct that wrapped around the entire Earth and was powerful and durable enough that Superman could wear it as a harness and move the entirety of the Earth. Tony Stark is not moving the entire Earth no matter what's going on. He doesn't have the level of power that Green Lantern can bring. I've talked before about the absorption of power. I think that's important. I've talked before about his ability to fly from the Earth to the moon, not to orbit, to the actual moon in mere seconds. Speed is not even a factor. He's not only faster than Iron Man, he's got speed feats as well. There's a character named uh, Zoom, who I believe Reverse Flash, yeah, this is a character who is a Flash character. What happened? Green Lantern was able to tie him up with chains and catch up to him. May I remind you, the Flash is a character who moved so fast at one point that he reset time itself. But Green Lantern was fast enough to catch up to him. Look, at the end of the day, what I think is very, very important here is that Tony Stark is somebody who can adapt Tony Stark is somebody who can absolutely learn from his losses and come back stronger, but this is a chance encounter. These are two characters who have never met each other before. So Iron Man, while he knows Vision and Kitty Pride can go intangible, doesn't necessarily know that Green Lantern can do it. So he doesn't have an answer for it because he will not see it coming when Green Lantern pulls that maneuver and takes him out. I think Tony Stark has a good chance in a second fight because he's going to learn from this defeat and come back stronger next time, but with no prior knowledge like he's had in many of these other wins where he planned an entire Hulkbuster suit and he planned an entire non-metallic suit to fight Magneto, he doesn't have the benefit of that planning here, and that ultimately will be his downfall to Hal Jordan, the greatest Green Lantern the universe has ever seen. And that's my point number three. Uh, first of all, Hal Jordan's fantastic, but we all know the greatest Green Lantern of them all is uh, John Stewart, and I'm gonna, I, I can't disagree with that point whatsoever. Here's the thing with Iron Man's suit; it's actually got automatic defenses, right? So if you think of anything, he's got the world's best AI operating the suit with him, possibly the world's smartest person, and he's put in all of these defenses that are literally automatic. Anything comes at him, it's automatic. It's not like he gets hit; he's like, I need a few seconds to operate this, whatever. Actually, fun fact: in the '60s, the way Iron Man and got the controls to work all over his body. Evidently, they wrote up that he had a um, control panel in the helmet that he would use his tongue to press the appropriate buttons to create movement or fire weapons, whatever. He has since moved on. But all of a sudden, his all of his auto, uh, automatic defenses are going to be operating. Nothing's catching him by surprise in that uh, way. Well, no, hold on a sec, because I think that is a little nonsensical, because the automatic defenses will put up a shield where he needs it to be. If Green Lantern is going straight at him and Tony Stark sees it, that automatic defense is going to put up a shield, not, boy, I think this guy might go intangible, so we're going to put up bonus. By the time anything happens and by the time the suit realizes it's going going to just be too late he's too fast i you know the thing is you're thinking of speed of thought versus speed of movement 
and then speed of action with this AI. The AI is known, the suit is known for automatic stuff happening. It, everything is very, very quick. Nothing's it, in it. terms of what's going to hit them. Listen, both of them are going to take some time to try to figure each other out. That is for sure. But let me get to my point number three, which is where this is where I use some MMA math. Now, here's the deal with a really good fight. If you take a big, strong person and have them come at you and they only have, let's say, two weaknesses, as long as you can take out those two weaknesses, you have a direct way to do so. You can be smaller, you can be weaker, but still use really good technique to get them out. So just because someone's bigger and stronger doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get the win. Although I don't think Hal Jordan's necessarily bigger and stronger than the current version of Iron Man with what he's done. Okay, so let's talk about the specific tools and tactics that he's going to use to beat Hal Jordan. So the first one, the power ring does have a few weaknesses, additional weaknesses. One is the fact that it can be re- removed from Hal Jordan's hand. You knew I was going to bring this up, so here we go. In the new 52, you know, Hal Jordan and Batman are in the sewers. Hal Jordan's going like, Batman, what are you? you like a vampire? Do you have superpower? What, you're just some guy in a suit? What can you do? And all of a sudden, Batman says, hey, what's this thing? And he's holding up Green Lantern's ring. And all of a sudden, Green Lantern's suit goes back. He's wearing his civilian clothing. And Green Lantern's like, what? How did you do it? He had no idea how it was happened, okay? Now. That's one example, except one little problem. You'd think he'd learn from that, right? Hey, got it. Let's put an automatic defense. Let's connect this to my hand in such a way where it can't be removed because Batman just did it. Did he do that? No. You know why? Because Catwoman just did it as well. When Catwoman took on the Justice League, what was one of the things she did? She took off Green Lantern's ring, hit him, put on Green Lantern's ring, and took out the Flash. My whole point is he could have stopped it. He knew it was something that happened before, but he didn't plan for it because... Unfortunately, one of the things he's not known for is figuring out from his past mistakes what to do for the future. Let's see. The ring can be broken and damaged. You mentioned Sinestro's ring can be broken. Hal Jordan's ring can be damaged and broken as well. That's the thing. It's not indestructible. It takes a lot to do so, but Iron Man has that. Let's see. Another one is focus. This is really interesting. So, Ray, you mentioned that Green Lantern's willpower and his imagination, but really his willpower, the strength of his willpower, what he's known throughout the galaxy for having, is kind of the source, the fuel source for his ring. What's Tony Stark going to do? He's going to figure out, got it. There's a psionic connection between his ring that's shooting out all this stuff and his mind. So I'm going to get his mind distracted. Remember, Iron Man's thinking three different ways at any one time. He's going to distract uh, Green Lantern and come up with a plan very quickly. Green Lantern's going to be thinking, I'm hitting this. Then all of a sudden get attacked over here. He'll turn and face that attack. He's going to be hit with a number of different attacks. That leads me to another really cool strategy. It's the mental instability protocol. That is a thing for the Green Lantern rings. Okay. So you have to have mental stability to operate the ring at its fullest capacity or even just operate it properly. And they said that in the DC Wiki, mind control, psychic attacks, neural chaff is what it's called. That all disrupts thought processes, which will all indirectly impair a power ring's effectiveness. That's a direct quote. Okay, here's the deal. Iron Man did this to someone. So you know Emma Frost. She's one of the most powerful telepaths in the Marvel, at least on the planet Earth within Marvel. So what Iron Man did is he launched, without her even seeing it, because they're tiny, 17,000 microscopic lasers into the air around her. She breathed them in, and what happened was they were tasers, right? So every time she tried to concentrate or think hard, they'd shock her horribly and create insane amounts of pain. The harder she tried to think, the more pain she would be in. He completely neutralized her telepathy. By the way, he's gotten his armor anti-telepathy devices as well. Here's a fun fact. The power ring can be drained. We talked about it. The more you use it, the harder you use it. All that kind of good stuff drains it. You've got 24 hours of good capacity. Seems like a good thing, but all of a sudden, the more you use it, the higher levels, it gets drained much, much quicker. Now, it's documented. Again, heavier the usage, quicker it gets drained. How will be guaranteed to be using this against Iron Man in a very, very 
very big way. But here's the big thing. The ring can be specifically drained or robbed of its power. This is different. So check this out. Dr. Polaris, who's kind of like DC's version of Magneto, uh, Magneto, only like way, way weaker, drained Hal Jordan's ring and took that charge and transferred it to himself. Another uh, character named um, a Manhunter, which is this like intergalactic robot kind of police officer, did the same thing to Hal Jordan's ring, drained the power, took it into himself. In the JLA Avengers crossover, I got to bring it up. There's a Marvel character by the name of Photon. And when she went up against Kyle Rayner, another Green Lantern, she saw that she could actually drain the ring as well and was planning on doing that. So in a Marvel versus DC fight, such as this one, it can actually happen where um, Iron Man drains Green Lantern's ring. He's, again, absorbed energy of all types, psionic energy, not uh, magical energy, uh, astral energy, kinetic any type of energy you can think of. He actually took energy from Thor's hammer and three different alien spaceships at the same time to power himself up. Draining that ring is something he could absolutely do. Let's see. And here's my favorite one. This is actually going to be something kind of crazy. Hal Jordan's ring has a very inherent weakness. It's a Green Lantern ring weakness. It's something Iron Man's known to do. It seems that Green Lantern's ring can be hacked. So in Justice League number nine, I think that came out in 2016, there's a Green Lantern named Simon Baz. He's one of the now the new main Green Lanterns on planet Earth. There was a hacker who got control of his ring, an Earth-based hacker. So the Justice League is like taking on all of these constructs, trying to fight him, all this crazy stuff's happening. Batman tracked down the hacker. It was a nefarious criminal named James Palmer, a.k.a. Jesse James. And this supervillain hacked into Green Lantern's ring using a um, desktop, a, a laptop computer. Not even desktop, a laptop computer. No, that's right, a laptop computer. And Jesse James made his reputation by hacking into banks and corporations. I guess that's just a hop, skip, and jump to a Green Lantern ring. Hacked into Green Lantern's ring, completely took it over, and then Batman had to find him, knock him out, and you know shut it down. With Iron Man's tech, his intellect, his ability to focus on three different things at the same time. The fact that Green Lantern's ring can be hacked, have its power literally drained. We've already shown how DC can do that, or Marvel can do that to a DC character. And the fact that he's already got wins over people like Green Lantern, it's pretty clear that Iron Man wins this fight. That is my point number three. Wake me up, James. Dear Lord, how many points are you going to make? You must really be desperate right now (laughs) to fling that much poo like an orangutan at the zoo who's mad at a five-year-old who's crying. What I will tell you right now, James, is obviously you're reaching. You're desperate and you're reaching. You're pulling off a lot of these weird crossover. You not only pulled off a crossover, a crossover with a character that I'm not even representing, a totally different Green Lantern. That's pathetic. I would say that it's beneath you, but I know you, so I know that it is not. What I will tell you is that a lot of the stuff you said is a lot of one-shot examples and a lot of bad writing. James, you went for six and a half minutes in your three-minute point. So let me just tell you right now. The Catwoman example is terrible. We brought this up in the Catwoman versus Ezio Auditore episode. And it's silly that it's silly now. Catwoman, in this episode, turns and removes Batman's utility belt and one-shot punches him down, immediately turns, pulls a kryptonite ring out simultaneously, one-shot punches Superman, grabs the, the, the power ring off of Green Lantern's finger, punches him with it, one-shots him, and then turns and one-shot blasts the Flash. It's some of the silliest writing I've ever seen in my entire life. And yet, also, it stood, and it happened. It's Sorry, nonsense. go ahead. It's, it's a terrible one-off example and should never be even mentioned because it's such nonsense garbage. Now, the thing is, when Batman's taking the ring off of Green Lantern's finger, they are allies. 
They are friends. He might not trust Batman 100%, but he's not in an active combat situation with him. In fact, in the middle of an active combat situation, Iron Man is not going to have the dexterity with his gloved hand or even get close enough without getting walloped to have a chance to take off the ring. And the idea of hacking it from a laptop is quite frankly absurd. That's a nonsense crossover garbo point. Oh, Jesse James, a character I've never heard of, did it with a laptop. This reeks of Jeff Goldblum taking out an entire alien race from Independence Day using an Apple wireless laptop, and it's a little silly. Now, a couple last things I want to talk about, because here's how the battle's really going to go. These two characters are going to start fighting. Both are strong. Both are fast. Green Lantern's faster. Green Lantern's stronger. Green Lantern's much more durable. Again, taking the punches from Superman. But Green Lantern can create things, and Iron Man cannot. Green Lantern can use his power to create an entire Green Lantern Corps, as he has done before. So Tony Stark's not just fighting one Green Lantern. He's fighting all of the Green Lanterns simultaneously of that power. That's too much. And the last thing that Green Lantern can do that I didn't mention till now, oops, is the fact that he can create pocket dimensions and wormholes. He uses them to traverse. Green Lanterns use them to traverse the galaxy in a much quicker fashion so they don't have to just go from point A to point B. He can create a wormhole right by Tony Stark, look in the direction that he's flying, and he can warp Tony Stark to the other end of the galaxy. That will be battlefield removal. Tony Stark will not be able to get back in time. And Green Lantern will win by removal if it comes down to it and any of these other wacky scenarios start to happen. Boom. Wormhole. Remove Tony Stark. Game over. But I don't even think it's going to come to that. That's all I got to say about that. Roger Craig Smith. You've heard three points from Ray. You've heard three points from me. Yeah. Now is the time for you to take us on a journey. Take us through your process and tell us who wins this fight between Hal Jordan Green Lantern and Iron Man. I am overwhelmed right now i'll be honest and i i'm gonna make a suggestion to you guys see because it at some point i mean the whole judge thing but what about a referee i mean at some point i I, i'm looking at ray holding up a timer and i'm sitting here going like i don't i mean should i be deducting for things like that i mean this is this is a knockdown qualification here's the thing ray sneaks in a fourth point after the third point so i gotta make my third point stick no no believe me i'm seeing the wicked tactics that are at work here, and it's impressive. And how you guys retain a friendship through this. I mean, maybe I'm speculating that you guys are friends. Maybe that's a bit, you know, maybe that's a bit much. But this is a this battle. I think between the two of you guys would be far more, or, and is far more entertaining than you know Iron Man versus Green Lantern. That being said, you have both taken me on a on an extreme emotional roller coaster of a ride here. Uh, honestly in the beginning, Ray, your points about you know the Iron Man wouldn't see Green Lantern coming. Just I I liked what you were doing to reinforce that argument. For, first of all, I, I found it speculative on the automatic defenses kind of a thing as being a, a strong argument. I was like, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, just hoping that like, well, you know, I got an airbag, so I might as well go, you know, too fast for this road. It's like, well, what if the airbag doesn't <laughs> work right i mean so i was like eh, okay I, I don't I, I don't quite so know if that's going to work well and and then y- you started bringing up the idea that the well the ring can be removed and then my immediate reaction was like well what about tony's reactor i mean like that to me is also like another it's like a it might as well be a version of a ring that could also be taken out when you take out the reactor suddenly you know tony's not got so much so I, it was it was uh, it just kept going up and down for me when I think about the actual characters and what, cause that's what we're talking about, what we're arguing about. I mean, 
the guy misses a shot and destroys a planet. That had me kind of going, yeah, that's a that's a darn good point. He warps and smashes reality. Loved what you were doing with that. Argument, caught up to the Flash. We're talking about the speed elements, all those things. And then it's Iron Man could break the the Green Lantern's ring. The ring draining. He absorbs all forms of energy. He's It's hackable. All this stuff had me constantly going up and down, back and forth. I, I really... I don't know. I didn't I didn't know where it was going to wind up. I will say I did wonder if there was a slight attempt at a, at a disqualification if you will when when Ray you were you were criticizing bad writing and yet I think that's all well within the rules that are established about the arguments are to be presented as in those characters versions so the bad writing argument doesn't really hold water here because it was all canon it was, was it not am i that's incorrect and it's okay. unfortunately all correct so all of that kind of had me kind of going okay well and, and and honestly some massive points massive points went to ray for using pew pew yeah. Uh, in yeah. your point to to belittle Tony Stark, that that I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you've used pew pew many times in your point three, but go for that many times because that I mean, you shot to the top. However, I've got to go for the MMA reference because at the end of the day, I think what was happening there in the end is James took you to the ground and it was ground and pound, and he just kept hitting you with point after point after point. And it was too much for me to lean towards Green Lantern. So at the end of the day, for that reason alone, the ground and pound won. And I got to go give this win to Iron Man. And that's what I'm talking about right there. Oh, James the cheats his way to victory again. If we let James talk for just a half hour hey, with no rebuttal, Ray, boy, his points sound better. Ray, come Outrageous. On, look, the cheater is, wins again. See, listen. I mean, this is this is where you guys need a referee. I'm just a judge, Ray. And it's like and a great hashtags judge, or way. not. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if it was my point to step in and say violation or you know. So I think you guys might want to consider having a ref. You know? No, what I would say is uh, it is your responsibility. Oh, wow. And you still have a chance to change your mind, Roger oh, wow. Craig Smith. Oh, wow. You still have a chance because when he goes over the time that egregiously, it is it is your responsibility oh. to not listen anymore. See, it is but- your responsibility to stop taking notes. He's gone over his time limit, much like in anything else. Anything said is strictly off the record. I just, you have a chance now to go back I get, and you, change I, your mind. Let's tell it. you what. Okay, fine, Ray. You know what? I'm going to take my headphones off. All right. It's, I'm trying to be more like, I can't do the, the, the WWE thing. I just, I'm not as good at, at, at that rate. But I will say this. I'll go back. I'll go back to you criticizing bad writing. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to, this is my mic drop moment for hashtag Rogers right. Okay, Ray. Guess who was a screenwriting major in college? Oh, my goodness. Ray, you, chose, you are you a chose, monster. Yeah, you chose the wrong part of the industry to criticize when it comes to canon and things like that. You went for the just the low blow, below uh, the belt, more MMA references. You know what I mean? You you just you went for the writers, the uh, writing ray. It Come sounds on, like Ray. I may have put my spoon in the wrong oatmeal. You know, <laughs> you're better Roger than Craig this, Smith, Ray. I'm also a writer. Written oh. quite a few. Th- I am. I you know, and yeah. I I'm I can't believe this. I, I, I'm as offended as you are. There, that being said. Ray, if this is improv, good lord, man! You with your—I mean, like you, yeah. I can see the the wrestling background. I I got nothing to bring to it because because I'm a crappy writer. 
I like how the self-esteem comes out of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, Ray doesn't seem to be, I don't think he's, I don't think, I'm trying to, trying to pump him back up, but I guess nothing. You know what? Sorry, Short Ray. of uh, uh, a gift certificate for Burger King, nothing I've found is okay. really going to uh, get him back on track. I think you just roll with it and keep going. Whopper Jr. Roger Craig Smith, I got to tell you, not only am I very happy you chose Iron Man, but I got to tell you, the way you gave that answer at the end, I only heard Captain America oh. telling me <laughs> that I was right. There is so much wind to this episode. It is incredible. Uh, I, I I can't believe this all happened today. I you know I want to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank Race Decay this because you're only as good as your competition, Roger Craig Smith. You're only you elevate based off your okay, competition. Okay, now now you're just now it's getting ugly. Uh, and sorry, we're I, had to, I had to. This is Race I mean, you've already gone you six right minutes. <laughs> There have been many injustices that have happened in this world. In fact, injustice in comic books is so large, they made an entire video game and comic book series just simply called Injustice. And nothing, nothing that happened, whether it be the Joker tricking Clark Kent Superman into murdering Metropolis and Lois Lane, that betrayal is but a drop in the ocean Compared to the betrayal that I feel today for a grave injustice, this will this will go into the history books. This is going to start being taught in classrooms as far as the greatest injustice in the history of the world. Yeah, I love injustice as well. I love the part in the Injustice comic book series where Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, has his ring crushed. That's That was pretty cool. Okay, Roger Craig Smith, you are fantastic in every way, shape, and form. You are an amazing judge. We are beyond honored. Seriously, we've been talking all week in anticipation of you coming onto the show. Thank you so much for doing so. Please tell everyone where they can find you online and enjoy everything that is you. I will be forever hiding from Ray. I'm considering witness protection at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going off, I'm going off the grid. So don't bother looking for me because I think Ray is going to be looking for me. Um, you can follow me on the uh, on Instagram on the socials on Instagram and and uh, Twitter. That's the only two that I'm on at uh, Roger Craig Smith. My full name. Big shock there. And yeah, I mean, I've got I've got a bunch of stuff coming out and good things that are always we're working on that I can't talk about. Currently, we've got Archibald's next big thing is here, which is uh, streaming on Peacock. We got episodes of Apple and Onion still go- Apple and Onion still going. We've got obviously Mirage from Apex Legends. We're coming out with more seasons on that. There's a lot of good stuff that I, I would love to share with you. Obviously, we have a Sonic game that was announced that's coming out in 2022. So yeah, no, just follow me on follow me on the socials and you'll see me post pictures of birds and stars eventually. And and uh, and that's where I usually promote what I've got coming out when I can talk about it. Got it. Look, on a side note, Ray's definitely going to be coming for you. But the good yeah. news is you'll hear him coming literally from like 100 miles away. So you got time. <laughs> I, I should be like I'm multitasking, not, <laughs> like Tony. I'm not known for my stealth. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> Roger, with the inner respawn knowledge that I have, I know that you have Mirage's holographic projectors in real life. So anytime I try to get near you, I'm just going to end up tackling one of your holograms. So it's it's disappointing, but it's the reality I have to live with. You're going to get bamboozled. It's what happens. <laughs> you, you don't just take on a Roger Craig Smith. No. You take on many. It's multitasking. Again, it's all coming full circle. All the all the references, all the uh, yeah, it's all coming full circle. Wow. This was so much fun, guys. This is honestly, I am I am not trying to like I, I am thoroughly impressed. This is not an easy thing to do, and yet it's like, you know, I mean, it really does kind of boil down to something at the end. It's just like I mean, it could go either way, and this was a fascinating thing to uh, to witness and frightening, to be honest, too. Yeah, anthropologists are actually right over here. There's about three yeah. of them. 
Ray, you've got the three at your place too, and they've been taking notes, you know, throwing me food, the whole thing, really trying to study our behavior. Yeah, this is not normal for yeah. humans. I, I wish they'd put those nets down. It's really ominous. <laughs> Ray Stacanus, congratulations on repping uh, Hal Jordan. Man, that's three. That's zero and three for Green Lanterns on the show. By the way, Sinestro also has a loss against Better, Better Ray Bill. What, what do you think we should do with the uh, Green Lantern Corps? With who would win? I don't know. I think throw them in the garbage disposal and, and press the switch. <laughs> I think I'm done with Green Lantern. <laughs> both of us have now done Green Lantern on the show or a variation with Sinestro, and we've both been 0-2. I don't think redemption's coming for this character. Maybe when one of us wants an ultimate challenge out there. What a disappointment you are, Hal Jordan. You've let the team down. You've let the family down. But most importantly, you've let Ray down. And that is an unforgivable crime. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. Oh, awesome. Ray, this, this, this is absolutely at least in my top five, possibly higher. Well done today. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavsey. Remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you go for your content, for your uh, podcast, or for your video content. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, I'm giddy. On behalf of myself, Race Decanus, and the rest of the amazing who would win production team thank you once again for checking out another episode of who would win we'll see you next time hey it's brent pope the host of breakfast with brent pope you've seen me on some of your favorite tv shows saying things like give it up jimmy you gotta sink this putt to win on Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.